It's time for Bottom of the Bargain Bin with Kevin Hart. <laughs> Welcome back to Bottom of the Bargain Bin. Now, a couple of weeks ago, I talked about Death Wish 5. Not a very good movie at all, but eh, fun to watch, I guess, if it's on TV. But similar to the Death Wish series, we have Dirty Harry, which was a series of films about Harry Callahan, the renegade cop who doesn't play by the rules. Now, something like that nowadays? Eh, it'd be a bit of a sore subject, and a lot of the older movies are probably pretty outdated. You bleed P.D. Blue, Jamf. What the hell's a Jamf? It means you're a jive-ass mother. Yet I asked. That is another series that was five movies where they just kept making them and making them, and you really get much better as time went on. So, uh, I thought I'd look at the fifth Dirty Harry movie, which is The Deadpool. An interesting fact is that this movie actually was the inspiration for the character of Deadpool. Now, this movie is one I had not seen as much. There is a four-film pack that you could use to get those DVDs. I think they make Blu-rays of them now. But it had the first four Dirty Harry movies on it, and so those were the ones I watched in, like, high school. And so I never really saw the fifth one until years later on TV, and since then I've seen it a couple more times. But it's pretty clear that this movie was not so much an afterthought, but if you watch the fourth movie, it's pretty clear that they intended for that one to be the last Dirty Harry movie, because the first three, they were all made in succession within a couple of years of each other in the early mid-70s. Sudden Impact came out in 1984, and then this movie only exists because Clint Eastwood really wanted to do the movie Bird. However, Warner Brothers said, we're not going to let you do this movie unless you make us a movie that makes a lot of money. And so he said, all right, and he cranked out a fifth Dirty Harry movie very quickly, and it made the money, so he's able to do Bird. And what we were left with is The Deadpool, which is an interesting movie. Let's take a look at it. Now, if you're familiar with the Dirty Harry movies, you probably know how this one's going to go. But if not, I'll give a little bit of a, a background about how these movies sort of go. Basically, Dirty Harry, and you've seen this in movies, influenced probably before then, but especially afterwards in stuff like Beverly Hills Cop, where you have the cop who's the renegade, I don't do stuff by the rules. But it starts very much like some of those other cop movies, where Harry either stops a crime or takes down a criminal in a very bowl-in-a-china-shop, you know, cowboy sort of way breaking windows, breaking merchandise, all sorts of things, and almost immediately the next scene is him getting reprimanded by the cop or his superiors. You want an itemized account? You tell him about the meeting? What meeting? The meeting right here in your office two months ago when you said high priority was run these hoods out of San Francisco. I never said they use violence. Well, what'd you want me to do? Yell trick-or-treat at him? It's always something like that. And then he gets paired up with a new partner who he doesn't like right off the bat. He's not a villain, but he's definitely... All I'm saying is, uh, if you ever look up clips of Dirty Harry on YouTube, don't look at the comments, for God's sakes. Oh my goodness, they're all, We need more cops like Harry! And 
you know, this is how we should deal with criminals. Oh my God, it's really, it's really cringeworthy to look at. So don't ever look at the comment section because it will leave you very, very depressed. These movies are, he's, I don't think he's supposed to be some sort of role model for children or anyways. Dirty Harry 5, The Deadpool, starts out with a mob hit or an attempted hit on Harry, who of course, in spectacular fashion with his 44 Magnum, the most powerful handgun in the world, according to him, is able to put a stop to them lickety-split, only again to get reprimanded by his superior. They want to put him down to desk duty and saying, hey, look, you know, you you got all this media attention now from putting away this big gangster. Uh, You know, we can't have you killed, you know, getting all this media attention. So they want to put him on desk duty, and he says, well, I think I'll resign. Something he does in all the movies. He also, like, threatens to give him his badge or leave the force. And they're like, oh, please come back. All right, we'll let you, we'll let you be on the streets. They partner him with Al Quan. You know, he's a good uh, good police officer, good experience. And his superiors are like, well, it would be great to have a, a Chinese-American. I think it's good for the department's image. And... And, and yes, another trope of these dirty Harry movies is Harry's partner usually doesn't last that long. They don't always die, but they are usually someone incapacitated by the end of the movie. So, grabbing some food, they're able to stop a robbery, and Harry, of course, does so in a one-liner fashion and only in which Clint Eastwood can do. Come on, you guys, hurry up! You forgot your fortune cookie. What? It says you're out of luck. They kill one of the bad guys and arrest the other. They find this list called the Deadpool, and it's a list of celebrities who they think are going to die. As you can tell, it looks like somebody might have a little bit of insider knowledge, if you know what I mean, and I think you do, on who's going to die or who is expected to maybe die soon. So one of the people on the list is Johnny, played by a young Jim Carrey, only has a couple minutes of screen time before he is killed. And the, the movie does an interesting thing, and it thinks it's being clever, but it ends up being not, like, super clever. Is that Liam Neeson, who was another celebrity in this movie, very young and doesn't have that gruff voice he has in recent movies. It's really interesting to see and hear him in this. Got, got like, a ponytail and everything. You're supposed to think that he is the villain, and he won't let anything get in the way of his movies but it turns out near the end of this movie that it's a guy pretending to be him. And in this celebrity culture, he's so, like, basically they say, okay, this person's crazy and that's why they're killing all these people. And that's that's the only explanation they give. A movie like this doesn't need to have some sort of plot twist like that. And it doesn't, it, it's not really that good of a plot twist either. I, mean, I think it would have been more cool to see Liam Neeson, who can act a little better than this guy who plays Rook, who's the villain be cool to see him do some stuff but now instead it's this guy who just you know screeches and and shadows of the death <laughs> hell without the devil night of the slaughter <laughs> what do you think of my films <laughs> also one of the odder moments in this movie is when rook puts a bomb inside a remote controlled car and tries to kill harry with it he ends up harming Quan pretty bad, so he has to stay in the hospital. As part of this epic car chase, or should I say should be an epic car chase, but he's being chased by a toy car. It's just a worse version of the one in Magnum Force, which some people 
including the director of the original movies. It was a worse version of the car chase in Bullet. Among some other notable celebrity cameos are Guns N' Roses. The song Welcome to the Jungle plays a lot, actually, in this movie. Guns N' Roses are there in one scene. They're in a funeral scene for Jim Carrey's character since he was a rock star. And Charles Martinet plays a reporter in one scene. If you don't know who Charles Martinet is, well, here's his voice. It's me, Mario! That's right. The voice of Super Mario is in this movie just for a couple of seconds, but it's cool to see him. Anyways, among all this, talking about the celebrity culture, the other main character in this and who ends up being Harry's love interest in this movie is a reporter named Samantha Walker, played by Patricia Clarkson. He reports on the death of Johnny Squares. And she's being a little invasive. The crew's sort of almost being like paparazzi-like, and Clint destroys her camera. And she says, well, I'll let it go if you go on a date with me. Eh, it's very on the nose, but, you know, whatever. And with this celebrity culture, she is obsessed with him. She's like, look at all this stuff that I've collected from you. And it's all sorts of, like, a scrapbook from the past five movies. So, in the midst of all this going on with the Deadpool list and celebrities dying, there is also this gangster aforementioned that Harry puts away. His name is Lou Gennaro, and he is putting the hit out on Dirty Harry from prison. So, Harry visits the prison and threatens him by just getting this really big guy to stand over in the corner. And he says, hey, this guy's going to kill you if you don't do exactly what I say. That's it. That's it. Oh, uh, you see that dirt bag I was talking to down there? He says that smoking can cause cancer, and anyone who smokes as much as you do is one dumb son of a bitch. Anyways, he doesn't bother him for the rest of the movie, and then we can focus on the villain who is not Liam Neeson, unfortunately, but Rook, the person impersonating Peter Swan, Liam Neeson's character. Harry's name is crossed out, so he knows his time is limited. He has to catch this villain by violating some HIPAA laws, apparently. They're able to find out that, hey, this guy is crazy. So Rook kidnaps Samantha, and Harry finds her, and there's a standoff. Then they run through this factory. It's very much a ripoff of what happens in The Terminator. But that line earlier in the movie from The Fortune Cookie, yeah, it uh, comes back spectacularly at the end. You're out of bullets. Yeah. And you know what that means. You're out of luck. All is well, kind of. Harry and Samantha walk into the sunset. And that is it for the Deadpool. Where's Rook? He's hanging out back there. Not that great of a movie. It's a very uh, oddly put together movie. In fact, the first four, while they aren't all A plus four out of four star movies, story can be very engaging. This movie is just kind of like, hey, do you remember Dirty Harry? Well, here's like kind of this uh, stylized version of it. And I understand, again, it was made very cheaply, and the only reason they made it is because Clint wanted to do this other movie. And Clint Eastwood is a hardworking man. I'm not saying he phoned in this movie, but uh, da- damn near close to it. It's If it's on TV, you have nothing else to watch. It's fun. You'll get a couple laughs out of it. Some exciting action. But overall... Not really the best movie. 